Good morning and welcome to worship. We're so glad you are here with us this morning. We're also glad for those folks who are joining us by internet over Facebook Live or on our website. We're just glad that you're here with us. It's a, it's a wonderful, glorious day. And you know, today is Palm Sunday. It's the day we remember Jesus coming riding into Jerusalem triumphantly. They put him on the back of a donkey and, and they waved palm branches. You remember this story. And they, and they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us. Lord, save us. That's what they were screaming. And uh, so today I thought it would be kind of fun for us just to kind of join them uh, and, uh, and, and cry out to them, Hosanna, Hosanna. Let's, let's stand and let's sing together.
Easter Sunday evening, about 11.30, a terrible tornado came through at North Georgia and Chattanooga. Destroyed a lot of homes. I think it was 344 homes were just wiped out, just leveled. We went to the hallway, hovered down, got in the hallway, the, the two of us and our little dog, and just began to pray and just started praying, God, help us, God, help us, God, help us. It is just a miracle that more lives were not lost. We couldn't get out. Our house was totally covered with trees all around it. We called and about dark, somebody came and dug us out or cut us out. And then we just began to see the devastation. Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief is a tremendous gift to our state, to our nation. Uh, they go out and brave some, some pretty dangerous situations to, to assist families, to show them the love of Jesus in a, in a terrible time in these people's lives. Yesterday was my hardest day. I've been trying to stay real positive and uh, I got a flat tire and it's just like the last little straw, you know? And I just looked up at the sky and I said, I don't care what the enemy throws at me, I'm not gonna lose my faith. God, you're all I got, I'm trusting in you. I rolled up here today and here was, here was the Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief people. And I've been like, where on earth are we gonna get a bobcat? Well, God had a bobcat and, and he sent it up here with the Tennessee Disaster Relief. I enjoy being able to help people and I enjoy being able to discuss the Lord with people. And people often ask, well, how is it for free? And uh, we have the opportunity to say that it was paid in full by the blood of Jesus when he died on the cross for us. Because you see so many bad things in the world today and you, and you see so many awful things that happen. And you start wondering, is there humanity? Is there people who really believe in other people in hell? This shows us there is. We don't have family nearby. You know, we don't have a lot of family. We don't have a big local church family. And we have felt alone you know, really alone. And so just to see this and to see, really see God's people, um, you have no idea what that's done for my faith. And the goodness of people and people that, it, and it, it's all about, it's all about faith. 
It's all about God. It's all about His goodness. It's all about His mercy. And He just showed me. Just as people who give through the Golden Offering and the uh, Cooperative Program are showing the love of Jesus to help people, we that respond to the scene are also showing the love of Jesus in a physical way. You know, but the people who are giving financially to uh, Golden Offering and Cooperative Program are helping just as much as we are. They're no less important than the people who are doing the physical work. The greatest blessing for me is just seeing the volunteers, seeing how you guys come out to help us. And, and that is another piece that develops my faith in Him and strengthens my faith. So every hand that helps us or serve other people is an extra piece that establishes a person's faith in God and in humanity. And this is why it's so important for your ministry to come out to reach people like us. Such an incredible way to demonstrate and declare the gospel. And we're in a season of prayer right now for North American Missions. And uh, this is highlighting uh, the Tennessee Golden Offering for Missions. And when you give to our North American Missions offering, 20% goes to help uh, Tennessee Disaster Relief. And so I also want to just take a moment to let you know that we have uh, some people in our church who are um, wanting to gather folks together for training to be a part of disaster relief. Nolan Kendrick is leading that and some others. And there's a training that's going to be happening next month, April 30th. And May 1st, at First Baptist Shelbyville, there'll be an introduction training and then some specialization training that you can be a part of. And there's going to be information about this in this week's newsletter, but I at least want to let you know now that if you want to be a part of Tennessee Disaster Relief, training is coming, there's going to be opportunities for you to come and to serve, and we're grateful for the leaders in our church who are stepping up to be a part of this. But when you give to our North American Missions offering, this is what you're giving to. Uh, we have a, a goal of, I believe, $17,000, and we're only about 800 and some change away. So I'm hoping that this week we meet our goal and we can be a part of sending uh, and being a part of what God is doing to bring the gospel throughout North America. So I want to and, and just say welcome to First Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're here for Palm Sunday. Uh, today we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper, so if you didn't get elements at the door, be sure to run by here in a second and pick up the elements so you'll have those in a plastic bag. But we just want to welcome you. If you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here, and the one thing we'd ask is that you'd fill out that guest card that's located there in the pew rack. Uh, if you could take that and fill it out, and then after our service, just take it over to the Welcome Center, which is to your left. Our pastor, Dr. Cox, will be there. He'd love to meet you and get to know you. Um, and he's got a small gift for you coming and being a part of our service. We just want to take a moment as we continue to worship to just pray and settle our hearts and ask God to meet with us. So would you pause with me, bow your heads, and let's talk to the Lord together. Father, I thank you for how you use your people here and how you uh, invite us to be a part of your rescue mission here on earth. Lord, we're amazed that you save us, and we're going to celebrate that today. But God, as you save us, you also invite us to come and join you at work. So Father, I thank you for Tennessee Disaster Relief. I thank you for all the ways that you are moving in North America and all the organizations that we get to partner with. And God, I pray that as we worship you today, that you would move in our hearts, not only to worship you in, in song and in word, but also in deed, that we would join you in mission. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and let's sing together. Oh, Lord, you call us out on the ocean, knowing that you'll never leave us. You call me out upon the waters the great unknown where feet may fail and there i find you in the mystery in oceans deep my faith will stand and i will call upon your name and keep my eyes 
upon the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for i am yours and you are mine your grace abounds in deepest waters your sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me you've never failed and you won't start now and i will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the rise my soul will rest in your embrace for i am yours spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the water wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence response that worship leaders have been saying for years but you might ask how do you know that God is good and my answer is for the same reason that I know the wind exists you see you can't see the wind not not the wind itself but you can see its effects right you can see how it moves across the ocean pushes the waves you can see how it bends the trees and rustles the leaves we know God is good because there is evidence that God is good. All throughout my history, Faithfulness is walk beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, come on, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. All over my life I see your promises in fulfillment All over my life 
all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fear may come, fear will leave. Amen. Leave my heart victory. You are my strength. as evidence in your forgiveness. We know in John 1, 9, you say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. We know your goodness is evident in your provision and your providence because we see in Jeremiah where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We know your goodness is evidence at the cross where you tell us in John 3.16, and I want you all to just say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Welcome to your happy Palm Sunday to you. It's good to worship with you this morning. It is uh, especially sweet for us as Christians this year as we gather for Palm Sunday and next week for Easter Sunday because last year, a year ago in the pandemic, we had only virtual services and we were not able to gather in person. Hard to believe it's been a year since those events and um, Probably for the first time in my life, I was not in church on Easter Sunday, maybe when I was an infant. I don't remember those days too well. I don't know. But anyway, uh, for a long time. Uh, and uh, so it is sweet this year to be able to gather together in person and celebrate uh, the good news of Jesus. And so I hope you'll be here next Sunday and invite someone to come with you. And uh, we look forward to that time 
of uh, worship. If uh, We don't know how many people we'll have. It's hard to know in this different year of pandemic. Usually Easter's a big crowd. We don't know if it will be this year. But you could still help us by parking in an outlying area, making way for guests. We appreciate you doing that. As we prepare for the Lord's Supper today, I have one question that I would like to ask you to think about. Do you believe in Jesus? You might say that seems like a very obvious answer to that question, that those who are celebrating the Lord's Supper are believers. We have believed in Jesus. That's why we're Christians. But I think our danger may be that we relegate this idea of have you believed in Jesus to a past one-time event. Oh yes, I'm a Christian. I, I was saved. I was baptized. I believed in Jesus And it certainly is that. There must be a moment in your life when you establish a faith relationship with God through Jesus. But it is no less a continuing thing. It's not a one and done. Okay, I I believed. I'm done with that. I want to ask you today as we renew your relationship, do you still believe? Are you continuing to trust Jesus for the things going on in your life today? That I believe is one of the most important questions we could ask as we come to the Lord's Supper. Would you renew, reaffirm, reestablish in light of where you are in life? I believe in Jesus. I, my faith, my hope, my trust is in Him. I want to share with you today the story of Palm Sunday. It's recorded in all four Gospels. I want to share with you from the Gospel of John, in John chapter 12, if you want to open your Bible there. And the key word in the Gospel of John is believe. We just heard it in John 3.16. It's 88 times in this Gospel. We'll encounter it several times in this chapter. John says the response when Jesus presents himself is, do you believe? Will you trust? And John especially emphasizes that Some do and some don't. There's a division. Jesus divides the camp. And you must decide, am I trusting Jesus? John 12, chapter 1, it begins six days before the Passover. So let's get the time frame. The Passover is on Friday. Jesus is going to die on that coming Friday on Passover. This is six days prior to that. So this is Saturday night. The Sabbath has just ended. So our chapter begins Saturday evening. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Bethany is a village two miles outside of Jerusalem, sort of a suburb, we might say, of Jerusalem, walking distance into town each day. He'll stay there for this week of Passover. Where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, chapter 11 of John, tells us that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and now he's come back to visit his friend and his friend's sisters, Martha and Mary, who lived there together in Bethany. And it says in verse 2, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So if you want to picture this event, picture that you arrange three coffee tables in a U shape, okay? And then you put couch cushions around the outside of that U. That's how they did a formal dinner, reclining at table. And so when they ate, they reclined on those couch cushions, propped up on your left elbow diagonally, so like cars parked diagonally, so that your feet extended behind you and you ate with your right hand. Not a bad idea in my mind. but So you get that picture. And so Martha is working the center of that you. She is serving Jesus, his 12 disciples, Lazarus, probably other guests that that were there. Men and women did not usually eat together in these formal dinners. So Martha is serving. And Mary then comes up on the outside, around the outside of the you. And it says in verse 3, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So you're reclining there, eating. Your feet are sort of sticking out behind you at an angle. The others probably, not everyone saw Mary, but she came up behind him and in love she extravagantly poured out this expensive perfume and they begin to notice because the house 
filled with that fragrance. And they look around and there is Mary wiping the feet of Jesus with her hair in an act of love and devotion. But verse 4, one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. There's always a critic, you know? you got to get used to in our day, there's always going to be a critic. Whatever you try to do for Jesus, and this criticism is increasingly common. Every time I see now any church that does a building program on the internet, you'll get this criticism. They should have given that money to the poor. When we borrowed two and a half million dollars and built these buildings, I had people come into my office and say, you, you know the poverty rate in Coffee County you should have given this money to the poor and I would say to them then and I would say to you now yes we have the responsibility to help those who are less fortunate we'll continue to do this but let us never apologize for doing something for Jesus our central business is the kingdom of God and what people need most is Jesus And it says in verse 6 that Judas did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put into it. Many people today react negatively against religion because of things like this. And you may have been hurt. and You may have had somebody that failed you. And you may have known someone like this. And let me just say to you, it has been here since the beginning it does not invalidate the message. You can choose to focus on either of these two at this supper that, G that John has pointed out to us. And in your life, you can be negative and you can be hurt and you can focus on the Judases who embezzle or you can focus on the extravagant worship of a Mary who is genuine. And they're going to both be there throughout the history of the world Evil is present in every institution. The treasurer of the 12 disciples was an embezzler. It's, evil's going to be in every institution. People are going to fail, and you can live your life negatively and be soured by those who fail you, or you can focus on Mary, and in the midst of the evil, there is genuine faith and worship. Jesus defended her. Verse 7, he said, leave her alone. Jesus replied, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the days of my burial. Jesus, maybe Mary didn't know it. Maybe she did. I don't know. But Jesus said, I'm, that's where I'm headed and that's what I'm focused on. And she's anointed me for burial. Verse 8, you'll always have the poor among you, but you'll not always have me. Meanwhile, verse 9, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead, many came to Jerusalem for Passover. Josephus will say in a few years later, 2,700,000 came. I don't know how many were there this year. But many of them in Jerusalem, all these pilgrims heard, and they're making that pilgrimage, that trek out uh, to Bethany to see Lazarus and to see Jesus. So, verse 10 would be funny if it wasn't tragic. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Really? He's already been dead. You're going to kill him again? Is that your strategy? Yeah, he raised him from the dead. So let's kill him. You know, what? What is that? You know? For an account of him, many of the Jews were going over to him and what? Believing in him. Do you believe in Jesus? The next day. So what's the next day? Now we're to Sunday morning, aren't we? That was Saturday night. Now we're to Palm Sunday morning. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches. Here's why we call it Palm Sunday. Interestingly, John is the only one of the four Gospels that mentions palm branches. The other mentions coats that they put down for the donkey. But John mentions the palm branches, which were a sign of welcoming a victorious hero. They did it for the Maccabees in the time between the Old and New Testament when the Jews got their independence, cut palm branches. They put it on their coins when they got their independence. A palm branch, it's victory, it's independence, it's salvation. So they're waving these palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, which means save us or an expression of praise, we've been saved. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A quotation from a Messianic Psalm 118, which says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They were right in acknowledging he's the king. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king comes to you seated on a donkey's colt. Jesus deliberately embraced what they were doing and verified it earlier in John 6 when he fed the 5,000. They tried to make him king. He, put, he sent them away. He went up on a mountain. He wouldn't have any of it because it was not yet time. But now, all cards are on the table. He doesn't have to worry about training his disciples. It's finished. He's, he's done. He embraces who he is, and he fulfills Zechariah. And at first, verse 16, his disciples didn't understand this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. They didn't put the pieces together only in retrospect, as is often the case with us. Verse 17, now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. And so you got these two crowds merging. Jesus making the two-mile trek from Bethany to Jerusalem and this big crowd coming from Bethany with him. They've, they know all about Lazarus. And here come these thousands of pilgrims out who have heard that this Messiah figure is coming and they're coming the two crowds mingle and the ones who have said who is this he raised Lazarus from the dead the people from Bethany are witnessing to those who are coming out and so it says in verse 19 the Pharisees said to one another see this is getting us nowhere look how the whole world has gone after him John loves to take the statements of Jesus' enemies and quote them to show their irony and they're saying much more than they intended in the previous chapter, chapter 11, Caiaphas has said, it's better for one man to die than the whole nation to die. And he didn't know the truth that he was saying. He thought he meant, let's kill one and save us. And what was really happening, he was killing Jesus and he would save the whole nation. And the same thing is true here. The irony of the Pharisees saying, the whole world's going after him. And today, as I stand here, there are Preachers on every continent inhabited in the world proclaiming the name of Jesus. The whole world has gone after him. And then it says in verse 20, that after things had calmed down, after the crowd had dispersed, after they'd gotten Jerusalem, Jesus had taught them, there were some Greeks among them who went up to worship at the festival and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, a Greek area, with a request, sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And the response of Jesus is unexpected. So these non-Jews want to come see Jesus. And you'd expect Jesus to say, okay, I'll see them. Or, no, I can't see them now. He doesn't say either. He's, but he sees this as something very significant. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. We never know if there's a conversation with these Greeks or not because the focus becomes that Jesus says, this is big. This is it. Throughout the Gospel of John, the phrase, the hour, Jesus has said, the hour has not yet come. I'm not going to there. The hour has not yet come. I'm not going to do, don't tell anybody. The hour has not yet come. Now he says, the hour has come. He sees in the coming of Greeks a signal because now the gospel is beginning to spread not just to Jews, but to Gentiles. The worldwide mission is about to explode. Jesus sees the significance. Jesus says, the hour has come. And he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That's true, isn't it? You got a ear of corn, you can eat the ear of corn, or you can plant the ear of corn, and perhaps it'll multiply, and Jesus is dying so that many of us may live. He is that seed that is going to be put into the ground so that it will bring forth much fruit. And in verse 28, he says, Father, he prays, Father, glorify your name. And God answers from heaven. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it, said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am 
lifted up from the earth will draw all people to myself. He said this to show them the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus is looking to his death and he is saying, when I'm lifted up, and so on that Friday, that Passover, that cross would be raised up right. And Jesus said, when I am lifted on that cross, I'll draw all men to me. And Jesus is drawing you to himself today. Through the testimony of his death and resurrection, he calls out to you. He's drawing all people to himself. So, what will be your response? In verse 36, Jesus said, believe, here's our word, believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become the children of light. And it says in verse 37 that even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. You see how John tells the division. Many believed, many didn't believe. And then he says in verse 42, at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, and they loved human praise more than praise from God. Isn't that a terrible phrase right there? So some believed, but they would not acknowledge or confess. Do you believe? Will you, do you believe that you will acknowledge Openly, unashamedly, I'm a believer. I'll be baptized in the name of Jesus. In my workplace, I'll be unashamed. I'll confess. One more set of verses, verse 44. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness you get the idea let me ask you that question one more time do you believe in Jesus would you today reaffirm my trust is in Jesus life challenges faith and we need to reassess it. I, th- I think of, uh, I saw a segment on television about a group of people called COVID long haulers. And this was the phrase used to describe those who contracted COVID in the original outbreak last March and still have it. For one whole year, they've been battling COVID. COVID. They're called COVID long haulers. And I thought about that. And I thought, that'd challenge your faith, wouldn't it? I don't know what you're going through. Some of you are dealing with health issues. Some of you caring for aging parents. Some of you have got some family dynamics going on. Do you, do you believe in Jesus? Would you replace your trust in him? I think of those families, of those victims of the shooting in Colorado this past week or so. And how that would just rock your world. And how terrible that would be. And how that would cause you to reassess your life. Do you still believe in Jesus? And I think of my friends at First Baptist Church in Crab Apple, Georgia. A good church. Where a young man who was baptized there, a 21-year-old member of their church, killed eight people in those massage parlors in Atlanta. And that church has come under such recrimination that it was their fault because they taught purity doctrine that drove this young man to guilt. And the pastor the week before had preached on the second coming of Christ. And so that was somehow responsible for his shooting rampage. And that, that good church took down all of their social media and their website because it was just overwhelmed with, with criticism and Their world has been rocked as they meet today. Life brings you some tough stuff. Maybe it has in your life. I ask you this question as we come to take the Lord's Supper. Do you believe in Jesus? Today, would you reaffirm your faith? So, I want to invite you to take out the little baggie that you were given when you came in. 
This is how we'll observe the Lord's Supper. Some might not have understood that. That's sort of different. If you didn't receive this, but you want to share in the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper, if you're a guest, if you're a baptized believer in Jesus, you're welcome to share in the Lord's Supper. Um, and we welcome you. So uh, if you didn't receive this and would like to get one, we've got some deacons right here that have them. Would you raise your hand? We'll, we'll get them to you right now real quickly. Do we miss anybody that wanted to receive that? Okay. Then I want to invite you to take out the little piece of bread and hold on to it. Loose in your bag is a little square of bread. Now there's also a wafer on top of the, the cup. Uh, but we found it can be hard to get into for some people, and it doesn't taste great at all. So we've provided an extra piece of bread. You can use whatever you want, but get the piece of bread and hold it there for a moment. In just a moment, we'll eat it all together. Would you bow with me in prayer? Oh, Lord Jesus, we say, Hosanna, save us. Hosanna, we thank you for your salvation. You are the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You're the King of Israel. You're the Savior of the world. You're our rock. You're our hope. You're our friend. You're our comfort. We believe in you. And, oh, Lord, we believers in a world that challenges our belief, in a world of Judases, in a world of chief priests who would kill the Messiah, we focus on Jesus and on people like Mary, and we reaffirm our faith in you. We will follow you. We confess our sin as we draw near to you and we recommit ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body. I want to invite you to take the little cup out of your uh, bag and carefully pull off the whole top. Take your time so it doesn't spill. And we'll give you time if you need to help children. Uh, we're going to wait a minute because that's sort of a process for some families. Just hold it when you get it open. You can put your trash in the little bag, and there's a trash can at the back underneath the offering boxes. When you go out, you can put all of your trash there in a moment. I want to give just a moment in case families need to help one another. One more time, would you consider that question? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you reaffirm that trust? Jesus said, this is my blood which is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. May the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. Let me say one more thing. Maybe you believe, but like some of those even among the leaders that were described in this chapter, you've been reticent to confess. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Real belief should lead to unashamed confession that ultimately will culminate in baptism and then in a Christian life. So if you today want to put your faith in Christ or you've never acknowledged or confessed that faith, I'll be at the Welcome Center. That can be your first confession. You can come tell me, I believe in Jesus. I want to be baptized. And then we'll make plans for you to do that formal confession where you say in front of others, Jesus is Lord. Meet me at the Welcome Center after the service. You want to join our church? Same process. You can join our church at the Welcome Center this morning. I'd love to meet you and talk with you there. Thank you.
I just love Palm Sunday. I'm not sure why that this Sunday, you know, it's just uh, I enjoy Palm Sunday as much as I do Easter Sunday. I guess because of the just the celebration of our Lord and Savior. It just excites me. Um, I want to read back to you some of the what we just uh, talked about. Everybody ready? Okay, everybody's ready. Here we go. John 12, starting 12, it says, The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Let's stand together and let's sing this together. To the King. To the King, eternal, immortal, invisible. To the King, eternal, to the only wise God. To the King, eternal, immortal, invisible. To the King, eternal, to the only wise God. To the King, eternal, immortal, invisible. To the King, Eternal to the only wise God, to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to the King, eternal, to the only wise God. We To the king, to the king, to the king, to the king, 
Amen. Amen. To the king. Amen. Yes, you can be seated. Well, a couple of things before we go. I wanted to remind you uh, about the change in our Easter egg hunt. So the wonderful weather yesterday kind of pushed us back. So we're going to be doing that tomorrow night, starting at five o'clock. The uh, Crazy Daisy's food truck will be here. Petting zoo and other things are going to be available at five. And at 530, there's a schedule for the egg hunts like there was on Sunday. So look in your bulletin information there to find out about that. Also, uh, for the second week, I want to put before you this volunteer interest survey. Uh, These were in your bulletins last week, but they're at the tables there outside the library and then at the Welcome Center, and I put some on these benches right here as you go out. You can grab one of these. This is an opportunity for you to say how you might be able to serve for, uh, with us here to accomplish the mission of making disciples for Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do, and we need people to do that and to be a part of that process and, and that, that mission that we have First Baptist. But I want to be sure that um, you see those. We're going to have the collection boxes at the library in the Welcome Center uh, this Sunday, but I'm going to leave these out for a few more weeks. And if you want, if you're not, uh, you can grab them and you can drop them in any receptacle. Put them in my box in the communications room, whatever. Uh, just want to get these before you and have the opportunity to serve. So we're excited about that. Uh, let us pray, as and, and we'll close out. Father God, I thank you for uh, this Palm Sunday that we can rejoice that you are the King. Uh, Thank you for the sacrifice and all that you endured for us. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son. God, help us to uh, just soak in what that sacrifice means. And help us, give us encouragement that we are free from sin, that we are forgiven from sin. And that we have a, a God that's living, a living Lord that we'll get to spend eternity with, God. So help us share that with people this week. Help us that be something that just spills out of our excitement about who you are, that people may see that and hear that from us. Lord, go with us now. I pray that you would be with the connection groups that are meeting in the next hour and the worship that's going to take place as well, that you would just be glorified, that we would be inspired, that we would be your people. Thank you for how much you love us, and we pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Let the song ring out, lift a mighty shout, bring an offering to the King. Let your soul rejoice with a mighty voice, all the praises ring to the King. Let the song ring out, lift a mighty shout, bring an offering to the King. Let your soul rejoice with a To the king, to the king, to the king, to the king.